Hi, friends. Welcome to a bonus episode of A Side of Syrup Podcast Season 2. Today's guest is Erica F. Slevin, a friend of mine for quite a long time. And throughout her career, she has worked in restaurants, in food. She's an entrepreneur to the core, and she's created a food for babies and toddlers that is going to change the game, both on what they're eating, the healthy stuff, but also their palates. Meet Global, internationally inspired food for babies and toddlers. Erica is the mom of a picky eater, maybe two of them. Uh, And then this food is set to change that, to introduce these flavors and spices and also to introduce food when food allergies are a concern, especially if you are a first-time parent. But these foods are all curated by renowned chefs. And the goal of the company is to help mitigate both the picky eating and the food allergies by bringing the world to kids' plates. How cool is that? So I'd love for you to give a listen and to also check out Global, G-L-O-B-O-W-L.com. Learn a little bit more about Erica and to learn a lot more about Global, the future foodies. Stick around, listen in. Hi, my name is Shannon Pfeffer. I'm obsessed with understanding the how and the why behind feeling good and translating that knowledge into strategies that help you live better. Each week, we'll dive into conversations about food, fitness, stress, career, and family. We'll learn from each other, feel more connected, and we'll explore ways to design a life you love. So what are you waiting for? Keep listening for tips, tricks, and fun facts about feeling good, looking good, and living better. And don't forget to bring a snack. This is a Side of Syrup podcast. Hello, hello, everybody. I have a very special guest here who is in the middle of launching one of the game-changing products here for kids and toddlers. I cannot wait to dive into talking so much more today. Welcome, Erica Beth Levin. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you because (laughs) we met through when we both lived in Chicago many moons ago, um, some mutual friends from Northwestern, um, but but I want everybody else to know you and know your story. (laughs) So like, let's start from the beginning, how you got to where you are today, and then I have a zillion more questions for you. (laughs) Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. And it is so nice to see you again. So I I appreciate it. Uh, And two, how did I get to where I am today? Is that that's the question. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best yeah, yeah. To, to start from the beginning. After Northwestern, as you just mentioned, I actually started my first company pretty soon after graduation. So I was 24 years old, and I, I it, it was really my first foray into entrepreneurship and hiring people, starting a brand from the ground up, raising money, you know, all of that stuff. So I, I learned a lot through that experience. I, I ran it for eight years. It became maybe seven years. 
It became like the number one online resource for women in Chicago on what to do, where to go. Um, and we evolved actually, you know, kind of what, with the life of this woman that we were um, speaking to through our online platform, you know, into kind of uh, more sophisticated topics, whether it be real estate or finance or food or, you know, or eating, uh, health, nutrition, things like that. And we took these kind of this online community offline into these real world events. So we were able to garner really cool advertisers like Lululemon and Nike and Coca-Cola, for instance. And then after that, um, and that also put me much more into the restaurant space. I was food writing, you know, for many publications, doing coverage on restaurants and, and things of that nature. And then I went to be, went on to be one of the first employees for a company called Reserve, which at the time was kind of like an Uber service for reservations. You had your own private concierge, but then it, it morphed into a table management system. Um, and we were working with some of the best restaurants in Chicago. And it was really cool to be part of a venture back startup for the first time, be part of, you know, the opening team, you know, one of the top uh, first 10 employees. So that was exciting. And then after that, oh, I had my baby. I had a, I, I was pregnant um, at that company, which I probably, I think I was, I know, I know I was like the first person to be pregnant at the company. It was such a new, you know, it was such a new space. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, and it was acquired by Resi. So now when you use Resi, part of our technology is part of that. So I had my son and I just decided I wanted to spend a little time with him. So I consulted for a ton of startups, actually a lot out of California. And, um, and this is my third. So the second one wasn't mine, but this is my third startup involvement. This one is just me this time. And it's called Global. And I, I we could talk about that too. But I think I think the first those first two kind of entrepreneurial experiences really set me on the path of being here. I had a I had a real job for like five years in between. And I loved it. I was the global director of sales for a hospitality consulting company. So also restaurants, food, um, hotels, you know, things like that. So I was working with really cool clients. But I think that whole experience, and it was it was five years long, and it was wonderful because I worked from home. I got to be with my children. But I always knew, you know, I was meant to to do something with all my heart, you know, and and on my own again. And this idea struck me during the pandemic. Uh, just a, I, my baby was starting to eat solid foods and I knew we couldn't leave our four walls, let alone like the state, the country. Um, so yeah. I wanted to bring the world to my child. Uh, and the only way I know how to do that is really through food. Um, and that's where the idea came from. And, and here we are today. So I hope that wasn't yeah. too long winded. <laughs> no, my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, two things. I was one of your subscribers and I think that's, I, and it, it seems like I, like so long ago, but it wasn't. And like, yeah, I knew I, I knew everything because of you. <laughs> Thank you. you. I am not a person to delete apps. I still have the reserve app on my phone. No way. That's awesome. <laughs> my phone's like across the room here. Right? I love that. He's there. It was a very, very cool startup. So thank you for supporting yeah. me. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, anything with food and anything with yes. an expert like yourself behind it, like there to support. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, you talked a little bit about, you know, the, the impetus for your new company, but like, you know, I... I have th three kids and it's, it was so hard, especially with my first, who's five and a half now of like, how do I introduce this food? I work full time. Like right. when I had him, I was still like running marathons. Like I was like doing oh, all the things and like, I enjoy cooking, but like it was, I'm like, I'm not giving you kid food, but here's this. And then you're not going to eat it. And, you know, just like sort of like trying and failing. And there was no other options. Like even living in Los Angeles, like 
no yeah. other options for flavor or how to introduce those things. And we have um, an amazing pediatrician who like was like, introduce everything early, like literally put like peanut butter, shellfish, dairy, yes. just put it in a blender and give it to him. Yes. <laughs> yes. As a new parent, that's terrifying. Yes. Having second and third kids, it's like, okay, whatever, you'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but still many years later, like there, there isn't something there's, there's stuff on the market that's glorified baby food, yeah. but not food food. So right. Right. like, I, I would love to know, like, you know, how you decided on this and then sort of the reason why, like, because yeah. it's needed. It's so needed. Thank, thank you for saying that. And I did a lot of market research and that's what predominantly every single mom said and dads too. And even grandparents that wish that this was around, you know, like our parents' ages, right? Like, I wish we had this for our kids sort of thing. So thank you for saying that because it yeah. is needed. And I felt the same way, you know, usually what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So mm -hmm. what happened was, you know, with my son, my first, like you said, you're terrified of giving him all this stuff. So I was hesitant to give my son texture, flavor, and spice, right? Like I, I actually was really good about giving him allergens. I was scared, but I was good. I was like, I don't want a kid with allergies. And so I'm going to do what my doctor said. My doctor also said, give him all the foods from all mm -hmm. over the world, like all the spice, you know, not... I mean, we don't need to set their mouth on fire, but don't be afraid right. of a little pepper or something like that. Yeah. But I was. And so he's a horror. He's still a pretty bad eater. He's actually mm -hmm. in this room. So I <laughs> don't want to. But um, so with my daughter, like you said, you don't worry as much about the second or third kid. Mm -hmm. And so when she was eating, and again, it was during quarantine when we couldn't even leave. I'm like, she's eating what we're eating. I'm not making two dinners anymore. I'm not doing three dinners anymore. And I want her to be a good eater. Like food is my passion. Like it is everything to me. Same with my husband. He mm -hmm. just said, I'm sorry, I'm not a good eater from the background. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I said, he's sorry he talked because I told him I was going to be on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> he's very sorry. Uh, so with the baby, we were eating coconut curry one night with shrimp. So tons of allergens in it, right? You got coconut, you got shrimp, you got all of it. Um, and we just gave it to her. And she loved it. And so that same week, we gave her we gave her this saffron pasta, which I st it's still a staple in our family, like a rotation. We love it. She eats pesto all the time. And I had given her pesto right from the beginning. She still eats it all the time. So it just kind of taught me they, they are going to eat what, what you are giving them, right? For, for the most part. Yeah. And then I, you know, just in doing all my research and also, you know, not wanting a kid with food allergies, I, I had been giving my kids allergens early, but then doing more research on it, kids all over the world do not have food allergies like they have here in the United States. I'm not saying they don't exist. But it is far less prevalent. Like kids are 10 times, 10 times less likely to have food allergies in other parts of the world. So and if you think about why, the way that they feed their children is different. They are feeding their children what's on their plates. And so international food in general is like chock full of allergens. So if you're giving your kid pad thai and it has peanut butter or peanuts in it or whatever, or, or shellfish or fish yeah. sauce, whatever it might be, you're automatically giving your kids these allergens with these amazing flavors. So these kids are better eaters, right, just in terms of variety. And they're also, for the most part, they don't have the food allergies that we we have here. So now, and then in doing further research, you know, I know now that early allergen introduction is a practice recommended by the USDA. It's recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's recommended by the American Academy of um, Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I mean, this is a practice that we should be implementing into our day-to-day -day lives. We just maybe didn't know that before. Um, but now pediatricians are telling us, you know, and so I wanted to do that 
through delicious meals. Like I didn't want a picky eater and I didn't want a kid with allergies. So like, how do we put them together? Oh, we just eat like the rest of the world, right? We just feed our kids like the rest of the world. Most other, most other families in other countries are not giving their kids pouches with just pureed fruits and vegetables in them. It's a lot of sugar. It leads to overconsumption too, because you know, one pouch isn't enough to feed a kid. You need two three. or three. Yeah. So, so, the, so our food global is you know, whole meals in jars. And it honestly, if you took the pad thai that you ordered from your favorite like neighborhood spot, chopped it up really, really small, right? That's what our food is. It's it's really, I mean, it's formulated for kids, so it's not overly salty. It's it's naturally sweetened and things like that. So it's healthy, but it you would enjoy it. I mean, it tastes good. Kids can enjoy what food is supposed to taste like. So that's, yeah. that's what we're trying to do. That's amazing because I mean, the, the twins are just over a year old. And I, I tried to figure out like how do we introduce them to allergens? And there's a lot of amazing companies out there trying to do something, but it's not food. You know, it, it's having the seasonings or the flavors, like Albers. put it in their milk or yes. like put it in some oatmeal. Exactly. And and we're like not like the oatmeal cereal family. Like we didn't start we didn't. the kids on it. We're like, if you're gonna have food, here's some like scrambled eggs or you know, like yes, something yes. like that. Cause it's like it's also like the texture of it too. Yes. The texture of food around the world was super different, and and babies in this country are raised on the mush. Yes, I always say like get rid of the mush because yeah. there are textural aversions because of it, right? So if it, you and every parent can can transition their kid to solids the way they feel most comfortable. I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong way. There's a right yeah. way for my family, and and you know, in just talking to my pediatricians and talking to people on my board now, you know, pediatric dentists, pediatric nutritionists, like kids really should be learning how to chew, right? It's working these muscles. It's it's developing their palate. So when they're chewing their food, instead of drinking it, right, from a pouch or whatever, they're learning that muscle, you know, movement. They're learning how to chew. They're learning how to swallow. And they're learning how, you know, their palate is developing. So it's 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 really quite important. Um, and our food is all formulated in safe in a safe size for children, whether they have teeth or not, right? So they can gum it. It's so it's not it's cut properly to the you know to the right size, but it's right. also the the texture, right? Or yeah. it's, it's not it's not it's not too firm, so it can be gummed. So we've tried to think of everything um, to make parents comfortable. And if, you know, if purees are the way to go for a little bit between breast milk and, and formula, absolutely. Make yeah. the transition eventually, you know. But, you know, for, for us, it, it that that kind of um, salsa, stew-like texture worked really, really well. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's great for kids to learn how to do all the things they're going to be needing to do for the rest of their lives when it comes to eating and hopefully setting yeah. them up for better eating adventures, you know. Yeah, yeah. And having that really healthy relationship with food from the yes. get-go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so important. Yeah. And then, so tell us about these flavors because it is lunchtime here <laughs> and I want yes. to know more. Tell me, tell we're, me all the flavors I'll be launching. Yeah. So we're really trying to introduce kids to culture through food, right? So really great flavors and authentic dishes from around the world. So the first four that we came up with that we're launching with is a um, pad thai for tots, which I already talked about, tastes mm -hmm. so good. We have a veggie tikka masala and mm -hmm. we have a Latin bean bowl or it's, we call it baby spices bean bowl. It's sort of like a chili. And yeah. we also have a Mediterranean bowl, Yaya's Mediterranean bowl, which is like feta and roasted red pepper. And it's so it's apt tahini. So you've got some yeah. of the allergen in, in the sesame. Yeah, yeah. So it's really delicious. And then we're already starting to formulate and think ahead of like other, you know, other places 
around the world that we want to travel through our, you know, with yeah. our food or through our food. So, you know, we're, we're talking um, with a chef in Chicago, um, an Ethiopian chef about doing a skew, Peruvian skew, maybe Italian, like a bun, you know, eventually mm-hmm. we'd love to hit all over the world. Um, and I'm accumulating a really cool chef advisory board of people that specialize in these cuisines so that yeah. we, it's not only authentic, but, you know, they they believe in it too, and they can promote it to, to their friends and followers and things because they believe in the product. So it's been really exciting to put together the chef advisory board of like really great, some very well-known chefs that are super excited about this because this is the way they feed their kids. <laughs> right. Right. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, it's probably like the lifestyle. They're just like, this is it. This yes. is the key. <laughs> yeah. yes. And uh, amazing, amazing. And then it, it's so awesome too. Like even prior to launching just like this momentum and support and you know, you have the medical community on board you have got the chef community on board, you know, it's, it just, it's just an absolute win. So I can't wait to try it. A, um, but B where, where can, where will it be sold? Or is that sort of, you know, in the works as well? Yeah. I mean, we, so we're always available on our website. So uh, www.glowbowl.com. We are not a yeah. glowing toilet bowl company, although that does exist. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a play on global. So global.com. And then we're available right now, actually, at quite a few shops in Chicago. Um, we'll be launching on Amazon um, via their Launchpad platform, which is an invite-only uh, portion of Amazon for emerging like innovative brands, which is a really cool um exciting place that we're going to be and then stay tuned for other locations, but we will be announcing them soon and you, you will have them in in your backyard. There's some pretty big stores that are, uh, that we're getting on board with. Yes. Yes. And then an an important question, uh, are they, can, how do they prepared or oh or in your freezer and the, yes, the shelf this. because this yeah. to me as a busy mom just like you you have three i only have two but yeah. like wow you know like we're always yeah. busy for lack of better words so i wanted i wanted our the food global's food to be as convenient as these pouches but better for you right yeah. so they're shelf stable so you get to throw it in your diaper bag you get to throw it in your purse or whatever or leave it on the counter it doesn't matter and you have the same convenience as anything else. Um, we use safety is our number one concern, obviously. So we use a very yeah. high pressure, high heat filled process that keeps yeah. the food shelf stable. Um, once you open it, obviously you put it in the fridge, mm-hmm. just like anything else. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I was like I was sick and tired of having to carry you know PBJ pies everywhere I went and like ice packs and stuff. I'm like, who needs this? You know, like I don't need an ice pack like ice packs and sandwiches and all this stuff, you know, in my bag. So hopefully this is uh this is an answer for a lot of people <laughs> who yeah. are on the go. And even if they're not on the go, like you need to feed your kids at home too. And guess what? Not everyone wants to cook every night. Not everyone can cook, by the way, or mm-hmm. have any desire to cook. Or right. use that time when you would be cooking to spend time with your family, do homework together, okay. play a game, whatever. It takes a lot of pressure off of people. And that's to me like I just want parents to feel good about the choices that they're making and like feel like they're doing the right thing. And that's like, to me, that's a win. If you feel good giving this food to your kids, which you should, because it's healthy and and you're hopefully expanding their palate and even their minds, right? Like with just the introduction of all these things from around the world, you know, that's, that's my goal is to make parents feel happy and not nervous about what they're giving their kids and feel really good yeah. about it when they go to sleep at night. Yeah. And I think you hit on something that is so, so key, especially with working parents today. It's you're giving them a choice to take time back. Yes. And, you know, 
and and not many things do that. Like there's so many parents who want to do it all for their kids. And you, here's the perfect organic food. And here I have this that cooked for you. And, and that's great. But that is a time suck. Yes. The, the shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, the, the, all of the kid not eating it. And here's a plan B meal. Uh, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's solution. It's, and it's what parents want and it's what kids need more time together. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You, you said it better than I. <laughs> so it's perfect. Oh, it's great. And then, I mean, you know, it also sounds like if the parents are in a pinch too for their own dinner. Oh my god, I they can steal kids' food. This is like an annoying story. All my friends are sick of hearing it, but like my husband literally eats the food all the time, and I have to tell him stop it. Like stop opening the jars. Like I will whip you up a batch. I will make it yeah. in bulk, if you will, yeah, yeah. and I will feed it to our family. But do not open those jars. <laughs> like, stop. But it really is that good. The only thing I would do for us as adults is like add more salt, but kids shouldn't have more salt. You know, like we work with pediatric nutritionists and dietitians to make sure that this is a very balanced meal. And the other thing I'd say too, just like with the pouches, you know, and I said, there's more than one, you know, to fill up, right? Like, which leads to overconsumption, but more than that, like unhealthy eating habits. Like when you're like that, you just, when you're being taught to just eat as much as you want until you're full, it's your tummy isn't getting, giving you the cues that you're full because you're not chewing. You're not the calories and whatever the work exertion of your face chewing and your teeth chewing and all that. So, you know, we're hope we're giving kids a very balanced meal while also setting them up for better eating habits down the line. And also yeah. just your ability to like, to take them to an Indian restaurant down the street or the the Chinese restaurant down the street or the Ethiopian restaurant down the street and feel good that your kid is going to eat it, you know, mm-hmm. introducing them early. Kids have a flavor window, which I did not know about until I started this. Between yeah, tell me more about it. Yeah, it, it's, it seems obvious once you say it out loud, but I never thought about it. Between four and 18 months of age is when we can most easily influence the way kids eat for the rest of their lives, period. So during that time is when we should be giving them all the texture, all the flavor, all the spice. And again, when I say spice, I don't necessarily mean hot. I just mean spices, thyme, saffron, cayenne, whatever it is, you know. So get it in that time, right? And you're much you're you're setting your kids up for just more diverse eating, I suppose, is, mm-hmm. and, and less picky. Let's say less picky because that's that is the dreaded word. You know, that is what we don't want in our kids is picky eating. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I, my oldest son, like we still have to like take stuff with us if we go to oh, a restaurant. Same, same. And it's like the younger two, I'm like, how do we avoid this? Yes. And, you know, uh, but it sounds like there's a solution and, and it's, it's very close to being right here in my pantry. Yeah, so. <laughs> good. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be in uh, California soon. I will definitely keep you posted. Yes, please, please do. Okay, so shift gears a moment. Yeah. You're a serial entrepreneur creating it's crazy. awesome things that we all need. How do you find time for yourself? Like, how do you like take care of yourself in a way that kind of resets you? Yeah, I've learned to let some things go, right? You know, so many times we think of self-care as like health and wellness, which it is, right? But like I had to let go of the fact of like, I just, I also commute for work. So I'm, oh, and travel a lot. So I had Mm -hmm. to look at what health and wellness meant to me. So instead of like saying, oh my God, I haven't done my hour yoga class in so long and I feel like a failure. It's more like, can I get 10 minutes of stretching in? 
can I just wake up and do some sun salutations? Like, you know what I mean? Like you, I, I feel like we, as, as working parents, busy parents, whatever it is, like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And if we don't, I mean, my Peloton has been collecting dust for like a year and a half. And so, and, and sometimes I would look up there longingly and I'd say, mm-hmm. how sad I haven't seen you. But the fact is like, I don't know the next time I'm going to have time to get on that Peloton. I, I yeah. literally, it's embarrassing when the last time was, but I do have little moments during the day that I can, I can do this. And I, I was working with a coach. I just graduated from like a incubator program called Techstars, like a global business accelerator. They're, they're incredible and, and very prestigious. Like not, I'm not saying for my sake, just in general, like the amount of learnings that came out of it were incredible. And I worked with a coach and he's like, what are you going to do for yourself? It's like, you're always telling me that you're doing this for the kids or this for your husband or this for your mom and dad. Cause I, they're part of my family, you know, my mom and dad are a huge part of my life um, and my kid's life. And he said, well, what do you, what do you think you can reasonably do? Because you, you keep telling me you're going to do yoga. You haven't done it. Okay. That's true. So what can you do? He's like, I go, you know what I really want to do? This is so dumb. But like, I really just want to wash my face and do the after part of washing your face, like the, yeah. like the astringent the or the lotion or whatever. I'm like, I just yeah. want to do my skincare routine. I don't even know when I've done that. It's like, just take, just take time. Like even in between meetings, who cares? Just do it yeah. for yourself. And I did it. And honestly, it's one thing I've been doing pretty regularly, which I didn't think I had time for, but you know what? I can, it's, it, it, it makes me feel like good. It just makes me feel like, okay, I'm going to bed clean and happy, you know? Yes. <laughs> and yes. so it's like the, I guess all of those long, like long drawn out way of saying like, don't put pressure on yourself, you know, to, to do, you know, what you consider for something for you. It could be as little as like those 10 minutes of stretching when you get out of bed. Oh, and one thing I do do is I meditate with my children at almost, I shouldn't say every night, almost every night with the two of them. They're six and three. And tell me, tell me how, how you got this started. Cause I'm a terrible meditator. Oh God, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. to be yes. very good. So I'm the worst. <laughs> But I'm working on it. So actually, my the um, chef per- partner I've been working with who developed our yes. recipe. So you know, yeah. I we had I had this idea of all these international you know ideas and flavors, and he did it. He like put them together, and um, he's he's awesome. And he meditates all the time. And we were um, visiting a manufacturer out east, and he was, he told me about his meditation that morning and how it reminded him of me about like something about success for the day. I'm like, wait, you meditate yeah. every morning? And he's yeah. like, oh yeah, I use this great app and whatever. So it's called, in, I use an app called Insight Timer now, thanks to Chef Dan. Dan. Shout, okay. shout out to Chef Dan. Insight Timer. It's a free app. And yeah. you can, you can um, just search like two minute meditations, five minute meditations, or you can put in a phrase like you want to, you, you know, you want relaxation, you want uh, stress relief, you want success. And um, so I'll type in two minute meditation for the kids, right? And or type in kids, and then you get all sorts of kid meditations. And we sit there, we set up a little table with like their little crystals that they love, and yeah. it's, it's very like ritualistic for us. Like we have, it's two, literally two to five minutes every single night. And my son will tell me, it he he sleeps better, he falls asleep faster, and he has a better day the next day. So. Yeah. I don't like end of story. Like that's a really good thing. So so I do that. Like, and just being with my family is self-care for me. Like I, you know, it's family can be stressful, but in reality, like you look at these little faces and and you watch a family movie, you do, you know, whatever it is like that's, that's self-care. And those are the moments I think that really matter. For sure. For sure. And so then what is a day, like a normal day in your life look like? Like I can only imagine well, it's funny because 
my or week in life. Yeah, mm-hmm. every all, every day is different, like in terms of my calendar, right? But my husband has a job that's also different times every day, right? So we have very limited, like, there's no real schedule until we know his schedule, right? So it's every day is a little bit different, but it starts with getting the kids off to school. Like one of us takes them to school, and then. I mean, Zoom, Zoom most of the time. I mean, like I turned on Zoom yesterday because it had been a couple of yeah. weeks because uh, I was off and the holidays and and it, it required an update. I'm like, oh, wow, that's how long it's been since I was on Zoom, but it was only like two weeks. Yeah, Zoom and I travel a lot. Like I, like I said, my company's headquartered in Chicago and I'm not there all the time. Like, so I, uh, I go there a lot to Chicago. Um, I don't live there full time. So I'm there like 10 days out of the month. So there's a lot of flying There's the manufacturers on the East coast. So different time zones, like there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, chaos, but most of the day is really, you know, it depends like what stage of the business you're at. Like at the beginning, it was very much about branding and graphic design and, uh, legal stuff of just getting the business up and running, you know, then you've kind of phased into like fundraising and raising money to get the company going. And, you know, and then you're going into recipe development and product and getting the product ready. And, and then there's marketing, there's sales, there's like, now it's getting retail ready. So, and getting shipping. And you know, there's a lot of logistics with this type of company. So every day is a little bit different, but I will say every night ends with like shower, bed, you know, bath and bed, books at bedtime, meditation. And that's my favorite part of the day. And then hopefully my husband and I can watch a little bit of TV together, but that doesn't, that doesn't usually happen. It's usually yeah. Eyes are heavy at that point. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about cooking? I mean, you've worked in food for so long. Well, like, do you find cooking an outlet to relax? I should have said that like number one in terms of self-care. Like I always tell everyone that cooking is my therapy. Like I, you know, I barely, I used to do therapy religiously too. And I I don't anymore, uh, or at least not very often like I used to. So to me, like everyone's like, how do you have time to cook? I'm like, how do I, I don't have time not to cook because that is for me like the 30 minutes of the day that I get to, you know, or whatever it takes. You know, sometimes I like to do more extravagant meals that take longer, that may be stressful to somebody, but it's, you know, peaceful to me. And I pour a glass of wine and I get to have like a little bit of time. The kids usually help me in the kitchen too, you know, at least not usually, but a lot, you know, they come in and they want to help or smell things. And so to me, it's exciting to, you know, have them around the food and hopefully learning about the food and stuff. So to answer that question, I do cook almost every night or at least, you know, um, have our like leftovers that I made. I try to cook for two nights at one time because I can't, you know, every night is just not. Yeah. <laughs> but quite a few times a week. And uh, yeah. And then of course, like, you know, quarantine, you know, I cooked every night for like, at the time I had counted how many days it was since I had mm-hmm. like a meal that someone else cooked. And I'm like, this is actually longer than I would uh, prefer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Someone take the reins here for a minute. My husband is um, a very good cook. I have to say, I just, I prefer to cook because he makes a mess and I don't. <laughs> so. I know there is an art to cleaning up as you go, but thank you. Me too. You know. He does not do that. So Mm-mm-mm. I live with someone like that too. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as like, I mean, we talked a little bit about like wanting to expand to sort of every culture, every, you know, dish around the world mm-hmm. um, for global's mission. Um, but like what, what other trends are you seeing in, in food or, or kids' food that mm-hmm. either you're trying at home in your own, you know, cooking with the kids or that you think will be like the next thing? 
Yeah, I mean, what I would say to that is just like international food in general has been a huge, huge trend over in grocery, period, like over the last two to three years, you know, and we're not talking, you know, kind of like the um, the international food of our past, you know, frozen pad thais or frozen burritos or frozen, you know what I mean? That's Tacos. not what it's mean. Yeah, right. We're talking authentic food, like West African fonio chips, you know, or Mexican mm-hmm. cactus snacks. These are things that you find in the store. And so, you know, international food is everywhere. It just hasn't touched the baby food aisle, which is just mind boggling to me. I mean, now um, I I can't remember the statistic exactly, but there's a huge percentage of schools that now offer at least one, you know, diverse international option at, at schools too. So I would say that's just, that's a huge trend. And we can be found, honestly, like you could probably find us in the international aisle or in the baby food aisle because we fit, right? Um, and there's no baby food for sure in the international aisle, like, which is crazy. So I think that's, that's a huge trend. You know, since the USDA and, and others have come out with their um, recommendations for early allergen introduction, I wouldn't say it's a trend, but it's, we're certainly getting to a point now where it's, it's pediatrician like recommended across the board, right? So like most parents are told from their pediatrician from the very beginning that they should be doing this. So again, not a trend so much. And I do think snacks are huge. Like the pandemic changed the way we ate as adults Mm -hmm. and as kids. And so snacking is really, really big. Um, I would definitely like to enter that space um, as well so that, you know, kids can take it on the go and give them, you know, a healthy but worldly option, you know, when they're Mm -hmm. prancing around or playing soccer, whatever they're doing or in, in the home. So snacking, yeah. I think, is also a huge a huge trend um, that we'll get to as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Of, you know, I, I think we're, I'm a little bit spoiled here in Los Angeles, all this like specialty mm-hmm. markets. Yes, yes. But we actually have an au pair living with us and she's from Brazil. And awesome. my kids love Brazilian food. Same. And it's like, it's, amazing, you know, and, it, and it's like the simplest things, an acai bowl yeah. um, or, you know, some like bread with like cheese. I'm going to, yes. I'll butcher it if I try to pronounce it, but you know. Yes. Uh, I know what you're but, talking about. Yes. Yeah. But like they, they've just been exposed to so much and uh, we've been That's going great. to Brazilian markets here and making sure that food's so in cool. the house and, and they've just tried unexpected things right, and like right. been totally obsessed. And so it's that exposure is just, is so key. And then we're just you know, trying to push it further of yeah. like, you know, my youngest son loves like, you'll eat chimichurri sauce with a spoon. See, that's yeah. amazing. That's like my daughter with pesto. It's like a very yeah. strong, those are very strong flavors. Like right. you, you're, you'd be surprised how they take to these very strong flavors, but so many of us are afraid to give it to them. And then yeah. by the time you give it to them, like after 18 months or at three years or at four years, you've passed that window. I'm not saying that it's impossible. It's not, but you've passed kind of that time where they're more open-minded about it. So, and you know What's so cool about food? It's like this universal unifier. Like you have your your friend, your au pair that lives with you, right? She gets to feel t- close to her culture, like by cooking her cultural cuisine, right? She's introducing this culture to these kids she hadn't met before she moved here, probably, right? Like, yeah, yeah your yeah. kids are learning about an entire culture strictly by the food that they're eating, right? Like, and it brings you guys together, right? You're learning about her culture, you're teaching her about yours. Like, that's the thing. Kids are not. No one's born with any sort of like preconceived notion about anyone or anything. So if we're able to influence the way they eat forever, we're, we're able to influence how they think, like, let them, let them, let them see the world through food. Let them like, we're, we're actually going to have, um, 
a QR code on our jars that, you know, mom or dad scans while the baby's open, while the baby's um, eating. And it opens this like, you know, virtual window to the world. And these videos will show, they show the kid, they're quick videos because these are kids, right? Their attention span, whatever. But they, they show where the food comes from, like where is it grown? Like why is it important to that culture? And like most importantly, my kid gets to see a kid on the other side of the world, the other side mm-hmm. of the world eating the same food as they're eating. Like right. it's, it's so important. Just food is so ingrained in culture. And I just, I think it's so cool that your kids are learning about the Brazilian culture through the food and enjoying the food. Like, and yeah. Most kids across the world are enjoying the food that their parents give them because that's all they get. They do not have a freezer full of chicken nuggets. So like, so it's it's just really interesting how we've kind of sterilized baby food in the U.S. and, you know, kind of pared it down to pureed fruits and vegetables and, you know, even some pureed meats and things like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's not palatable. If it's not palatable for us it's not palatable for them. Like we all eat with our eyes. Like, you know, even kids do. They want to see vibrancy. They want to see different shapes and textures. Like it's, yeah, it, it, it yeah. seems obvious to me, but it took me, you know, it wasn't at the beginning. It's just now no. that with two kids, I kind of know what I would have done differently, you know? Right, right, right. And it's it's funny when um the twins were born, I joined a bunch of mom's groups because they were, they're all in Zoom. And so, you know, you've got some downtime and, <laughs> and you're on it. And um, there's a popular food blogger here and she lives down the street in my neighborhood and she had a baby around the same time and put like this kid's guide to eating. Mm-hmm. So in these mom's groups, everyone was freaking out and they were circulating her thing. And they're like, what do we do? Like my pediatrician says oatmeal. They say like rice cereal and, and, oh. and all of this, but she says salt and she says flavor and she says this. And you know, everyone, I was kind of like, guys like i'm like i'm the only second time parent in this one group and i was like just go for it yeah like my my oldest son's first meal was like a shake shack cheeseburger because he just he he got really excited i'm like sure yeah try it Um, try it all like try it all and then they get to decide what they want to you know keep eating yeah My, my pediatrician in chicago um when my son was born she told me she warned me feed him everything, everything, everything. That's what she did. Um, that's what her parents did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I did it with my son, yes. which is why, like I said, I changed my tune with my daughter. But yeah, it's, it's the, again, any parent should do what they feel comfortable with and, yeah, of and course. you know, listen to their pediatrician to the extent that they want to, right? Like if they, you know, they say rice cereal and the parent says, no, I'm going to give them whatever, acai bowl. Great. Like, you know, <laughs> Let them experiment, let them play. But I do think that most pediatricians at this stage, right? Like I I think we're in a little bit of a new age, you know, will tell you to kind of take advantage of this time, this flavor window, you know, that kids have. Yeah. Yeah. As a a extremely picky eater growing up. You were? Yeah. I like full for it because you don't really get either A, you don't change your taste buds and you just kind of like eat in this box. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> or it's so much a later in life thing where you're like, oh, other food tastes good or I am going to right. like to, to eat this way. Yeah. And then you miss out on a huge window, like 20 years of. Oh, why, why, why did you wait so long? You know, it's like, yes, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and anything else that you can share of, you know, I think a lot of listeners of this podcast are that 
full-time working mom trying to like get it all done and trying to, you know, show up the best in all of their spaces uh, and places, you know, anything that is you sort of like your secret sauce in life that has really helped you. I know it's a big question here. I don't, I don't know. Like we're all in this together. You know, it it does take a village, right? Like we, this is how we learn what to do is listening to podcasts, talking to friends, joining these mom groups and stuff, but like secret sauce, like, I don't know. Like I try to practice balance. I really, really do. And I have to, I'll be the first to admit the last 14 weeks, like just through this whole business program I was in and all that, I was not practicing balance at all. And guess what? It's not good for any of us. It's not good. It's not good for me. It's not even good for my kids. It's not good for anyone. And so I I try to practice what I preach. So not to say that it's my secret sauce, but it's a secret sauce I'm striving for, which is like, hey, at 5.30, I turn off the computer or, you know, for these hours of the day, zero phone and let's put it away. I don't, I'm saying I do not practice this yet. I'm trying, like we're not, no one's perfect. I'm really, really trying though. Like I said to my daughter, she's only three, but I said, she, I realize she sees me on the phone all the time yeah. and I hate it as I'm doing it. And yet I continue doing it. No, I said, I'm not, I, I'm going to make a hard and fast rule. No phone in the bed right? I don't want them to see me in the bed where you're supposed to be relaxed, sleeping. My bedroom is where we happen to meditate. You know, like we have a a meditation table. Let us picture this place as like, as relaxation, as our safe space. There doesn't need to be a phone. So I'm trying, you know, very hard to stick by that. And I have for a few days Um, and I'm going to keep at it. I also feel like, again, this is not my secret sauce. It's more like my resolutions that I'm trying to do, but I'm also Mm -hmm. trying to cut off like any social media or television at night, like late at night, not, you know, I like to watch a TV show or whatever, you know, with my husband or, you know, something like that. But I mean, like in bed, I should be reading a book instead of watching the news before I fall asleep, right? Not, I don't want to be stimulated like that. I want, I really want that balance, I guess. It's just like, yeah, I, I think everyone strives for balance, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's, recently it was just, we were just talking about how it's not the quantity of time you spend with a child. It's the quality of the time that you spend with the child. And I have to remember that because, because I travel so much or because I was in this program and it was just all consuming, Make I try to make sure that the time I do get to spend with them, right? Because they're at school too. It's not like it's just me. They're at school. And so the time that we do get together, I want it to be quality. And so, you know, trying to make sure I do shut off the phone or I do not check the computer and I, I'm fully engaged, you know, when we're doing activities mm-hmm. together. So that's... That's more like what I strive for than like what I that than my secret sauce. But I do, I really do try, and it's something I actively like think about every day. Yeah, and I think that phone thing is so good to to like have in your mind because I worked with a cell phone company years and years and years ago, and yeah. their Korean counterpart sent this like video on YouTube and it was literally like all these missed moments. And it was like their kids weren't really involved in the video, but it was like someone was walking on the beach and they missed a sunset and they were like, you know, like missed meeting the love of their life because they were like looking down. And I was like, I try to remember that video sometimes. Wow, that's That's like very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, especially around the kids, I'm like, they just see me like this, you know, like instead of like being present in their work because we are their world, you know? And I'm like, I always like, just remember that video. I know. I'm going to remember that too, actually. (laughs) No, I'm like, I would send it to you. But, but yeah, no, I think like a lot of people want the balance, but they don't take the action to do it. So, you know, I think just any, like 
any of the little things that you're doing, it's just helpful. They're such helpful reminders for us yeah. all. For yeah, sure. it's baby steps. You can't do it all at once. Like, you know, that's why it's not just about New Year's resolutions for me. It's like any resolution. It's like it can start tomorrow. It doesn't have to start yeah. on a particular day. Like just baby steps. Like read five pages of a book one night mm-hmm. instead of, you know, like just little, like little things. And if guess what? If you if you didn't do it that day, it's okay. The next day is a new day. You don't have to hold it against yourself. So give yourself a little bit of like leeway. Yeah. You We're didn't fail because you missed it one time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a book, a, not Atomic Habits. Yes. I have that book right we here. Have James, James, James Clear. Yes. It's right here. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I love the one thing he says in the book of like never miss twice. Yeah. So like yeah. miss once is fine. Just, just don't miss it again. Right. Like, exactly. You know, exactly. Keep that habit going. So super important. Um, and then my last question is a question I ask everybody who comes in the podcast. Yeah. If you had a button and then like, I came up with this question yeah. many years ago, long before Amazon created buttons of their own where you could just like pop and then you'd get anything you want. Yep. <laughs> if you had a button to do anything in your life and you could have the button with you all the time and every single time you press that button, the same thing would happen. What would that be? <laughs> I want to say like, bring me a martini every right. time I push that button. Oh my God. That is so good, by the way. I mean, like, it feels like indulgent stuff. Like, I just would want, like, a kiss for my kids, like, every time I pushed it, which I already get, but I know I won't get forever, you know, because we were talking about how quickly they grow up. So, you know, which isn't indulgent, but it kind of feels it. That, oh my God, my entire to-do list would be, like, taken care of. That's good. That's what I would do. Every time I push the button, the whole to-do list would be, like, just completed. Maybe that. Those can I say those three things? Get me a martini. Yeah. Give me a kiss for my kids and finish my to do list. Like I, that's it. Yes, yes. <laughs> simple. It could be a randomizer. Like you're not sure what you're gonna get, but your body can do those three things. So like at eight thirty, I push the button, wanting a kiss from the kid, but they bring me a martini. It's like yeah. <laughs> still a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Make good choices, kids. <laughs> so Amazing. Well, this has been absolute absolute pleasure to catch Same. up with you. You too. Everything going on. Remind everybody how they can get in touch, follow you, see your yeah. journey, and also global. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, of course, our website, you know, for 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 the food and purchasing the food. And also sign up for our, our newsletter on the website because I will be sending out like when new recipes or, you know, new SKUs come out, but like promo, you know, I'll send promos around, you know, holiday stuff and like all of that. So sign up for the newsletter. You can you can actually pre-order the food um, until it launches, which is going to happen very 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 shortly. You'll be you'll know because I'll let you know. And then follow us on social media. We're the global on social media, so G L O B O W L, but the at the beginning. And we'll also make announcements there, and you can follow our growth, and um, we'll make new store announcements and things as it happens. And then personally, I mean, you can follow me too. I I, tr- I try to like put put most stuff on global, but it's Erica Beth. Beth has an E at the end. Um, and I think that's where you can find me pretty much anywhere. Um, and I'm also like a big, big, big fan of female mentorship and just, you know, supporting other women. So if, you know, I'm not, I'm not a guru at all, but if anyone has questions or just wants to reach out, you know, my, the information's on the website, my email and everything's on the website. Just, I'm always happy to help and lend an ear and support in any way that I can. Amazing. 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 Well, guys, I will have everything 
all of the links and how to get in touch with Erica, how to learn more about Global, all in the show notes. So they will be there in case you didn't catch them live here. But thank you so much. This was like so lovely to, to connect. And I just, I, I wish I could give you your button right now. Me too. (laughs) Work on that one. (laughs) Hopefully one of those three things are in your very immediate future. Two out of three of them are. I'll let you you guess (laughs) which ones are going to happen in the next hour and a half. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much, Jenna. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It really means a lot. Of course. Of course. Bye. All right. Bye. hope you enjoyed this episode of a side of syrup if you love this episode as much as i did head on over and rate and review and subscribe so you never miss the next one also if you know someone who would love this episode or podcast in general send it to them too thank you new episodes go up on tuesdays thanks for tuning in i can't wait to hang out with you again soon 